In, in lightning. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome to Conversations with the Royal Empress. Joining me, Dr. Hakima, are my co-hosts, Akila and Lakashe Nadira. I want our listeners, you, our listeners, to close your eyes and to vision yourself in a dark, dark place. It's crowded. It's noisy. The only way to go is up, and up is the only way to get out. As you move up, you feel yourself being pulled down. Welcome to this week's topic, Crabs in a Barrel. Ladies, were you able to envision yourself in a dark, dark place? I hate dark places. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't want nobody trying to pull me back down when I'm trying to get out. <laughs> Lacashe? Immediately, I felt like I was um, having a roller coaster experience. I don't know what that ride is because it's been years since I've been to like a Six Flags Great America. But you know, you go into that dark tunnel when you're going up. So I was a little scared to be in that dark place. Mm, <laughs> it, did, well, like, it definitely did not feel comfortable because it was the unknown. And then having somebody pulling at me, mm, yeah, that was um, uncomfortable for sure. Yeah, because see, pulling pulling on me made me want to kick you in the forehead. So, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Wait, well, I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> now, now this is just an exercise, but for the moment, it was just an exercise for us, for for our, for you, our listeners. But this is what we what we experience every day as black people in our community. So would you all agree with that? And I think we experience in the community well, in our community as far as the crab in the barrel mentality, I think that we definitely experience it, but you know, I, I'm always gonna be of the mindset that it's always a remnant of slavery and of the conditioning of our people is the reason that we act that way oftentimes i think about when i see us 
almost trying to tear each other down. It's like, you know, that, that's where it takes me to. That whole brainwashing and conditioning and who are you doing it for? And that whole pitting us against one another somehow to feel like, you know, to get in the slave master's good graces, so to speak. And I see us doing that now. And it's usually because we want to be the only one or we want to be the token sometimes, some of us. You know, you, sometimes you just don't feel like people want to see other people succeed. There's so many examples of that whole crap in the barrel mentality that many of us have. It's, it's this constant thing, I think, where we are constantly attacking one another. We just talked about it earlier, just even with this whole election process that has taken place. And Lakashe commented on my post today, like, hmm, <laughs> that is something that we could talk about. But just the idea of people attacking people and telling them, if you don't do this, then don't, you don't have a right to say anything. You don't have a right. So it's just like we, we're constantly trying to police each other, too, in what we do. And when we don't do something, it's, it's, it's just attack, 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 attack. And to me, that's still part of that whole mentality. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree uh, with you, Akila. There are so many examples that a person that we can give, um, just thinking of a few now. When I think about the whole crabs in a barrel, and just with you giving the exercise that you did in the opening, Dr. Hakima, I was really participating and closing my eyes and just imagining me being in this type of situation. And like I said, I was uncomfortable because it was the unknown. So if I think about how I felt going into a situation and I knew that you were doing an exercise, so, you know, I was privy to information to let me know that this was not going to last the whole time. Um, well, when I think about our people and a crabs in a barrel mentality, a lot of it has to do with fear. You fear what you don't know, oftentimes because there's some insecurity at the root of it. And the insecurity that we oftentimes have as a people of being in a situation where, for whatever reason, we feel that we can't seem to find our way or make our way out of, and there are things that are preventing us or someone else is keeping us from reaching our goal, the fear, I guess, as I think of the crab in a barrel scenario, it causes the crab to participate as if this is a race and I don't want you to win. I have to be the winner. I have to be the winner because it's about me and only me. And if I don't get out of here, you know, then I'm going to have to remain here. I see light, you know, at the top. And so my goal is to get out, but see this, the fear collapses the brain to the point that it doesn't even allow you to be creative in your thinking. 
because if you were creative in your thinking, you would be able to look at it from a unity or unifying perspective and recognize that everything that's around you is there to aid you in some kind of way. So me going back to my experience, as I said and listened um, to you ask us the question to close our eyes and participate and just imagine yourself. I guess I would think that again, that mentality, um, there's fear that's at the base of that whole, you know, mindset. Hmm. You know, it's interesting when you said a race because Dr. Clamp, Dr. Claude Anderson, and for our listeners, Google Dr. Claude Anderson. This is a deep brother. Um, you can, uh, you, he has several videos on YouTube, so please talk to him. He also wrote a couple of books. Um, I have to really look up one of the titles of the books that he wrote, but primarily uh, what he teaches is the race for resources in America. Uh, as black people, we don't, he has taught us that as black people, we don't understand that we're in a race with other nationalities. Other nationalities are in a race with us. Mm -hmm. They've brought into the belief of white supremacy, just like we have that resources are limited and that it's a race to obtain them. So that, that creates that environment uh, for a cutthroat mentality. But if we stop subscribing to white supremacy and understand that the earth provides unlimited resources, we wouldn't subscribe to the race mentality where the, the resources are limited. They're not. <laughs> We're buying into a, a fake reality. So this creates the crab in the barrel mentality for us as, as a people. Do you all agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and thank you for just pointing that out. You know, that mindset is called a scarcity mindset. And when you believe that things are scarce, then this is how you begin to behave. You know, this is the last piece of cheese, so says the rat. <laughs> so. He has to do everything that he can do to compete with the fellow rats. And this is why it's called a rat race, because everybody feels that they're racing against the other rats, really in chaos and confusion, because that's what's created. So when you even think about the crabs in the barrel, there's chaos and confusion that is built out of fear because of the fact that you fear that this is, everything is scarce. But when you actually, as you pointed out, when you really understand that everything that has been created in the planet Earth, everything that has been created on this Earth is in abundance and nothing runs out. But see, a lot of these things, this mindset, this thinking has been passed on from generation to generation. This is how many of our ancestors thought. This is how many of our parents thought, you know. So, you know, for example, I can, <laughs> my, my mother, I can remember us having conversations, you know, I'm the type of person, I don't hold or withhold information. If I find something out and I think it's going to be of a benefit to someone else, I'm going to let them know. I'm not thinking like, well, I better not let them know. I better get mine first. Oh, I know I'm not. You know, there have been times where I've told people about if, if when I may have been looking for employment. And I knew people quite were qualified and might have been in the same field. I may say, hey, such and such is hiring, you know, and 
you know, some people might say, well, why would you tell them that when you're attempting to try to get a job? Well, my thing is, whoever is for, that's who it's for. Now, I'm going to make sure that I share this information with my brother and sister. And if I'm not qualified or if it's not for me, I'm not going to get it anyway. I don't have any issue with being able to think that I better not let them know. I better get mine first. I've never thought like that. And I'm so grateful because I do know a lot of people who think like that. But when you think like that, that's why you never get it. And every time I've been that, every time I've participated in that type of conversation where I freely have shared, I've always gotten whatever was for me because whatever is for me, it has my name already on it. I'm already predestined to get it. So me withholding information, the only thing that's doing is making me a crab. Mm. It's keeping me cramped up because think about a crab and think about the positioning of his hand. He is like almost like that, you know, of course it's positioned that way so that he can use that tool, his hand to grab a hold to something. But it um, reminds me of like even how arthritis affects the hand. It locks you mm. into a positioning that prevents you from being able to be free. So when mm. I think about abundance, and this is one of the reasons, you know, um, within my uh, uh, beliefs and practices, which is my way of life, I am, I've always been taught to pray with my hands outstretched and open as if to receive a gift, not closed and shut, but open freely because I want to be able to give as much as I want to be able to receive. Mm. I'm open for all that the universe has to give me because I also believe that I am worthy of receiving what the universe has been, you know, said that, you know, or I'm also worthy of what the universe has to give me because this is what I've been promised, you know, based on who I am. So when you think like a crab, you act like a crab. You move <laughs> like a crab. When you think like a rat and you're in a rat race, you act like a rat who lurks and tries to hurry up and run and get the piece of cheese before anybody else can get it and then hurry up and run. You know, rats and roaches, a lot of these things come out in the dark. When everything else is quiet, they're sneaky. So, I mean, I, we give many examples and analogies, but just that whole thing of a scarcity type of mindset versus abundance, a lot of that has been passed down to us. And so it's now up to us to be able to reverse that thinking so therefore, we can't make statements to our children like, well, money don't grow on trees. Well, we know <laughs> that technically, no, it doesn't. But it's just an exchange, you know, of energy. And if we understand that we all can create and, and be able to give and receive whatever it is that we desire, and we don't have to be forced into a, a lock of a crab like mindset. I agree with you on that one. You've mentioned something about the crabs, um, the personality or the characteristics of a crab. I want to add to that. I want to read to Crabs have a hard shell on the outside. That's the exterior, but their interior is soft. I thought that was just very deep because that hard shellness comes from their struggle on the earth, I believe. And that interior is that, that hurt on the inside. So people who are hurt and who struggle, of course, they're going to be more likely to have that crab in the barrel mentality. Another thing about a crab is 
it can only grab what's in close proximity to it. So if you're in the reach of a crab, they can grab you. But if you're further away, they can't grab you. So that just talks about the limit uh, of the reach of the crab. And I'm just speaking in terms of the characteristics of a crab. But if we take that and generalize it to people who think like a crab, their reach is limited. And because their reach is limited, they think they tend to think like a crab. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's pretty also, also, crabs can be very aggressive towards one another. I mean, they can be timid, but they can also be aggressive. So at times as a people, we can be aggressive toward one another, especially when it comes to that belief of a, a scarcity of resources. Um, also, male crabs will fight other males for access to females. Isn't that something? That is very, very deep. I just want to mm. add the book that Dr. Claude Anderson, one of the books he wrote is called Powernomics. We uh, ask our listeners to check that book out. Helps you understand what we talk about when we talk about the belief of the scarcity of resources and the belief that every nationality of people is under a race. However, all of them may be under race to us, but we're the original people and we're going to be here with the earth long after they're gone. So we don't need to be racing for anything. Sister Akila, do you have a response? I don't have a response to that. <laughs> you do? You've been quiet. You've been quiet, so I had to just... <laughs> I was actually... Uh, my thought as, as I'm listening to all of this is obviously to also give another viewpoint in that as we discuss the crab in the barrel mentality, that there are those who also feel that the crab in the barrel mentality is actually a myth in our community and that we kind of give it a little more weight. And so just, just to offer an, another opinion, because we, we use that term very loosely, and I think we understand why we're using it in this particular conversation. But we do use that term loosely in our community and we throw it around a lot. But usually we throw it around because of disagreement. And disagreeing with somebody does not mean that you have a crap in the barrel mentality. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Disagreeing. So we have a right to express our opinions and we have different views. The problem is, is that I guess what I was talking about before is when you attack and we deflect. And so sometimes we will use that term because I have no other argument for you. So I'm just going to throw that out there to shame you in a way, to make you feel like you're operating from a crap in a barrel mentality. So sometimes we look at people and say, well, you're not supporting me. Therefore, you have a crap in a barrel mentality. Well, no, perhaps someone is not supporting you because whatever it is that you're doing has not risen to the level where someone is ready to support you because you're not prepared to be supported. So I just want to, <laughs> I just want to offer that out there <laughs> because that is, we're very quick to do that. Now, part of being quick to do that too goes back to that conditioning that I think, you know, that we've had where, you know, sometimes we get in attack mode or we're overly sensitive and we think that someone else owes us something. Two, and just because we're black does not mean that we owe you to support something that, again, is not at the stage to be supported. 
And so because I have this brilliant idea that I think everyone else should buy into doesn't mean that they have to buy into. We are a diverse people. We have diverse backgrounds. We have diverse, you know, there's diversity even in our mindsets and in our thoughts. So just as we're talking to this, I just wanted to give a little clarity to the fact that a disagreement or someone who doesn't necessarily, you know, I'll give you an example. I could have someone who writes a book, right? And they write a romance novel. And then they say, well, you didn't support my romance novel. I don't like romance novels. Does that mean there's a crab in a barrel mentality because I'm not necessarily supporting that particular thing when that's just not my thing? So we, I think we just have to be very careful. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't share it and say, hey, if you like romance novels, so-and-so wrote this romance novel. I may not uh, do it because I may not buy the book because I'm not going to read it. It's just the bottom line, unless I buy it as a gift <laughs> for someone who else is into that. So I just think that we just have to be careful with that. A difference of opinion or something that I'm just not interested in does not make somebody a crab. Okay, that's a good point. Since we're saying what a crab in a barrel is not, let's say what a crab in a barrel is. Because when we talk about a crab in a barrel, first of all, a barrel is a limited space. It's, it's too much, too many bodies or too many objects in a limited space and it's controlled by a higher power. So your access out of that barrel is based on a stronger force. So, and that you're, and that, I guess the obstacles come when you're trying to move up. So let's discuss what is crabs in the barrel. What what does that look like? Well, well now you know I'm going to go here too, <laughs> <laughs> because crabs don't have no business being in a damn barrel to begin with. <laughs> no, but it's a it's so, figurative speak. No, I no, I mean, but I'm just saying. In all, <laughs> you're reason, right though. You're right. The that they're fighting is because you put them in a barrel to begin. With. So. I mean that. So it's an it's a it's a survival instinct. It's an oxymoron, huh? Oh, you're right. Survival. But because it is. It's a, it's about survival. If you put if you if you put me in a box, if you if you contain me, what is the reaction of the human being? Is to is to is to break free. Correct. Right. So that's what you do. So we have no business in a box to begin with. So when we talk about it, I think that we still have to go back to why. Are we behaving like this? What is the root cause of that? Because we shouldn't be boxed in any damn way. And how did we get there? And so it does go back to even what you were talking about, the scarcity and not understanding that things are not that scarce. But why do we think that they're scarce? Who, who put that mindset, who put that in your mind for mm. you to think? Woo! Y'all getting deep over here. I just got to say that. <laughs> who, made you, who, made, who made you to think that way? Mm. So as we're talking about it, I mean, let's, let's look at the root cause of why. And then how do we get out of that mentality? Because what a crab is, you know, how did, how did you get that way? First, again, crabs, when left alone, 
are in their own environment and they're freely walking around. It's not until you try <laughs> to restrain them and contain them that you see that anyway. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So it's the same thing with us. And so, yes, we do have that mentality. I mean, some people say crab in a barrel. Some people say, quote unquote, haters. You know, we've talked about that. And, you know, and so sometimes I feel like it's a crutch, too, that sometimes we use because somebody doesn't agree with something that I do. So it can be a crutch. But again, like I said, for me, I just, I want to go to the root cause of why we even feel this way. Who taught you that? Who made you to think that you had to compete with your brothers or your sisters? Mm. What made you think that way? Well, because again, whose approval are you seeking? Mm. Because in order for you to pull your brother or your sister down, you're seeking something for somewhere, somewhere else. Who, who do you need to pat you on your back? And why do you think that way? Why do you need attaboys and who do you need them from? Who are you trying to get them from? So there's some reward that you're seeking. And who are you seeking that reward from and why? So <laughs> that's just where I am with it. I was very deep. You're right. Hey, everybody better go back and look at the Matrix series again and, and figure out why we buying into this Matrix. Like, like I say, you look like you got something to say. I could, I could see that deep look all over your face. What you got to say, sis? I was thinking about the mindset of, or I was really thinking about the experience that many of our people um, endured as they were coming over here you know, during the middle passage and those who lost their lives, but particularly those who were packed in many of the slave ships um, that came over here, I begin to reflect on that and think of it like a somewhat of a barrel, you know, because again, although the shape and the size, of course, is different, but just the, the thought of being in an enclosed space tightened on top of one another and not having a place to go. Well, in this case, Akila asked the question, well, who put you here? Well, if I'm thinking on just this physical plane, most people who are in a crabs in a barrel type of mentality, the origin is that they were put there really because of the lack of knowledge of who they are or they were forced into a condition to be to think a certain way. So in reflecting on those who were brought over here in slave ships, imagine being packed, you know, I mean, lined up to the point that you can't even move, you can't even breathe. And think about before that, like as you said, Akila, when a crab is left in their own natural habitat, they're free to roam. When we as a people are in our own natural habitat, we're free to roam, no different from any other um, animal or anything that's in their nature. When you're free, you're free. But when you've been put in a cage like a bird, bird just, birds don't belong in cages. When you've been put in a lion, the lion who paces and walks back and forth, attempting to figure out how to get out, you know, but his instinct, his natural um, self knows that this is not where he belongs. 
And so I guess anybody who's in a crab in a barrel mentality, of course, they've been made other than them, their own selves. Just as our people were made other than their own selves because they were put in a particular space by force. Well, eventually, children were born from the same people who were put and held in captivity. So did not the, the DNA, did not the mindset, was it not passed on from generation to generation? So as we talk about getting to the root cause of who put you there, in some cases we can say our condition put us there. In some cases we can say this was a mindset that was passed down to us. Well, what happens when you know the truth? We're taught when you know better, you do better. Unfortunately, many of us don't know better. Um, and I was really trying to think to myself, when did I first ever hear that term crabs in the barrel? I can't really go far back in memory to direct myself to that actual point in time. But what I do know is that the crab that's in a barrel until he, and of course, when I speak of the crab, I'm speaking of, you know, it just representing the many mindsets which respond like crabs. Until that crab, if we say, um, is able to rise above his lower emotions. Right. Because it's the emotions that keeps causing him it to want to pull and grab. You're getting something that I don't have, whether it's freedom, um, whether it's applause, whatever it is, and it's causing me to feel a certain type of pain or discomfort. Therefore, I need for you to come back down with me. Because as you spoke of, Dr. Hakima, when you describe the space of a barrel, you know, um, it's, it's, it's tight quarters. And so, in order for me to pull you up or to reach up, I have to grab high. And it's not like it's, you know, that deep. So until we actually get to a point where we can respect one another, we can love one another, we can understand that really we should be all on the same playing field. Um, we should be at least. And if we're not, we should at least desire for one another to be. So that there's no need to be, there's no need to compete. There's no need to have to pull you back down. There's no need to have to be afraid, you know. Um, therefore, I'm able to rise above the feeling that I constantly get. But that feeling is a program because we've all been given a program. And that's really the root of the crap in a barrel mentality. It's a program that's been downloaded, you know. Mm -hmm. But where does the download originate from? Not that we can, not that we, not that we're able to continue to use it as an excuse, but it is the reality. I mean, when you think about the Willie Lynch syndrome, for those who believe it and understand it, it took many years for this to actually manifest. It took continuous, repeated activity, which created a download, downloading of a mindset, the same way with Yaku. 
it took many, many years. Yakub was no longer even around to even see the manifestation of what he had actually created. So I'm just saying that sometimes um, in our practice of being a crab, getting to the root, we may have to bust some more bricks just to get to the real root. We might think we got into the root, but that's still surface, you know? That's a good point. I, I think it comes from the Cain and Abel disease, envy and jealousy. And I want to give some examples, some real life examples, because I don't want our listeners to say, well, I don't know what they mean by crab and beer. That ain't me, or I ain't never seen it. Well, I'm going to give you some examples of what I've seen. Now, what I know, I, I know a guy who got nice things, nice car, just got nice things, may flaunt a little bit, but it's okay. He flaunts a little bit because he got it. Someone don't like it. So they tell us his job. Investigate him. He might be selling drugs. Could have got this man fired. Come to find out the investigation shows. This man, his family owned business. It's where the money comes from. Now, that's a crab in a barrel mentality because, because I don't have, I don't want you to have. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to give another example. And I, I like to use celebrities as examples because, or athletes, because they're in the limelight. They always got the camera. Another example of it. I don't know if you remember the beef between uh, 50 Cent and Ja Rule. Ja Rule was on top. Nobody really heard of 50 Cent. He's an underground artist. But he attacked that man so bad till it brought so much attention to 50 Cent it created this atmosphere and then that atmosphere was a downfall of Ja Rule. If that ain't an example of a crab in a barrel, some people say, oh, that was a business strategy. I, I'm sorry. That's a crab in a barrel mentality. Why I got to knock you in order for me to be where you at? Because I want to be where you at. So I'm going to knock you so I can get there. Now, some people may differ. That's just my opinion. I ain't like it's, some, it's not an educated opinion. It's just my own personal opinion. That's an example. Another example could just be more more to home, where you a guy's talking to a girl, and I hear this all the time. A guy slides up to the girl and be like, "He ain't this, he ain't that," because he liked the girl. Well, now you creating this this uh, possibly doubt of this girl that this guy that she like, all because you like her, but you doing this behind this guy's back because you want the girl. Well, it could, you could take it out, it could be a guy, it could be guys, it could be girls. But those are crab in the barrel mentalities that we're talking about. Like, I don't want to see you have more than I have. If you got a nice car, I'm going to key your car because I don't want you to have it because I can't afford it. This is what we mean when we talk about crab in the barrel mentality that we see in our community. What are you all's thoughts on that? I agree. Although in a way, I think when it comes to relationships, I'm not sure if I really see that as a crab in a barrel mentality, a man liking a woman and then pouring salt on the other person. And it probably still is, but I see that as a snake. So, which I don't know, snake, crab. Two sides of the same coin. There, are, there is behavior that I, that I feel is snakish behavior, deceptive mm -hmm. behavior, more mm -hmm. so than 
to me, when you're talking about somebody being a crab at a barrel, you're talking about somebody who's trying to impede your ability to progress. But love so, ain't a progress, you don't think? Love is that I mean, having love, a mate. Love, have, love. Having a mate is you taking a journey with that person and you both meeting God together. I you, agree with uh, that. But a a relationship that. is childbearing. I mean, now the goal of the man is I want to bring forth the child. The woman in creative in nature. I'm going to bring his goal into reality. That's success, success at, at the highest level for for a yeah, black nation. It, it can be, and and let me say this, um, I because I'm when it comes to to love and that divine thing. I don't know that. I mean, yeah, somebody can always try to sabotage that, but maybe I'm just this little hopeless romantic that believes that regardless as to all of that you can't stop what's in divine order so you know what i mean so i i think that if that that true love prevails anyway well you prevail but i'm but don't you yeah think so i so i don't think that it's present what well, my my yeah. attitude is if somebody can come in and sabotage something that's really love it ain't love anyway i'm not saying they sabotage it but i'm just giving examples of a crab in the barrel mentality. Right. Right. So that's I mean, what I said. I don't think we're different. That's what I said. I think it's two sides of the same coin. I just see that as more snakish behavior. When I think, when I personally think of crabs in the barrel, I'm thinking of somebody more so career-wise, more so education-wise, more so, you know, that's when you see the person upset that that person is getting something that they're not getting when you look at it in terms of love, you know, maybe because I don't have love, I may want to destroy your relationship because I want you to be just as miserable as I am. I don't have a man, so I don't want you to have a man. I would see it more like that because I think when you, when, in terms of, of the male-female dynamic, when another man is looking at a female and he may do something, that's kind of like that whole mentality where you got the lion and the lions will fight each other over the female lion. They're not crabs in the battle barrel. That's just the law of nature. That's what men do. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sure. you know what I mean? So that, that's, so that's the only reason I struggle with that just a little bit. So yes, yeah, sabotaging yeah. a relationship for the sake of, I want you to be miserable because I am, I would see more as a crab in the barrel mentality than a survival of the well, not even survival of the fittest. That's I'm I'm misspeaking, but just more of the the mentality of of what men do in terms of competition when it comes to the 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 affection of of, of the female. But anyway, where I was going with this <laughs> before I start challenging you, right? right you know I right. can't help but I just got a challenge. <laughs> right. So where I was going with it is that. I see it more so as a in, in terms of the community where we start a black business and we have this store, but because I have started this black business, I'm not going to come and patronize you. I'm going to go and take my money elsewhere because I don't want to see you succeed. Or we have this mentality, oh, you think you're better than me because you have obtained a b c and d i've i've heard this from people oh you think you're this because you have this education so let me one up you to me that's that mentality 
But what, what I also was going to say was that we have to understand too that the barrel that we're speaking of is your mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we're talking about this barrel, but we've, we have now internalized that barrel and that barrel has become, so even when we talk about the mentality, but you have created this barrel in your own mind. And so that's where you're stuck. And so you're competing in, in that way and you, and you don't wanna see people succeed. But we also have that whole mentality in our community where we celebrate when we see our people succeed. We, we do, we celebrate it. We're excited. We're excited when that black person becomes the, the first to do this, the first to do that. When we see black women obtaining things, you'll see the community rally behind them. So, now, but then, this. I'm sorry? Let me ask you this then, that they rally behind them because of their success or that they rally well, that's where I was going. Because, because of the validation of the U.S. Well, that's where I was going with it. Okay. That <laughs> that we do that. Okay, but, get out your head. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. We do that. But were you there when they were trying to climb that ladder? Mm. And that's where you see it. It's like what what were you were you setting roadblocks? What were you doing? So sometimes people succeed in spite of the people around them. And then once you get a certain level of recognition and fame now we're all excited but nobody talks about the road to get there mm. so that is that is but now i mean now you have those who have supported you all along but you also have the ones who did it you have it's a certain like i said i think it's a mindset i had a, a a guy once who was interested in dating me and he made a reference to me being a college girl. Right. The moment he said that, I stopped communication with him because it was more like, oh, yeah, okay, college girl. So, see, you know, so, so now you already see where this person's mentality is. You'll see, you'll see little things. It's almost like when we think about Dr. Frances Cress Wilson, and even though she wasn't necessarily talking about this, she was talking about it in reference to, to white people, when she was talking about the Cress theory of color confrontation, and she talked about how if you have this shiny red wagon, and someone who doesn't have that shiny red wagon will say something negative about that red wagon because they don't have it. And you see that in some of us where you will see a, an attempt to validate something. For instance, let me, let, me, let me give this example. So for instance, when I see someone who will, who will disparage something to uplift something else, that makes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you say, well, education is overrated because you can learn this way too. Why do you need to say that? Why not, just, <laughs> why not just acknowledge that this is a good thing and so is this? Why do, you, why do you have to pull one thing down 
to uplift the other thing. And I think that that's part of that whole mindset that, that, you know, that we're speaking of. And so we just have to get out of that mindset of feeling like it has to be this way or that way. It doesn't. Let people succeed. Let people do what they do and just stop being so quick to tear each other down. And I think that, that we hear that oftentimes too, that term, why do black people always want to tear other black people down? Because just like we'll get up on that ladder and everybody will applaud you, the uh -huh. moment you make a misstep, Ooh. attack mode. <laughs> yep. They would just so just as quickly as you can be built up, somebody will tear you back down. And that's a mentality too. And that could, I mean, I think that could be an example of that particular mentality because now it's like the validation is gone. I'm, I've been waiting to say, see, she a screw up too. <laughs> yes, people like to see when you make an error because they always see you doing attaining greatness. So when you do finally make an error, they so happy, they applaud. See, I told yeah. you they wasn't all that. Uh -huh. So what meanwhile, you were just praising me. Right. Until I made one little mistake. <laughs> and now you ready to destroy. Mm -hmm. Why? I'm taking it all in. I agree. It's, it's, it's the, go ahead and say it, Akiva. It's, it's many layers to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you oh, didn't. I, I told you, Akiva, I was going to do that, right? I was going to tease you. But I mean, but you're right. It's, it is so many layers to this. But I just like to tease you because I know that's that's like one of your your sayings. When you want to when you want to scratch the surface, when you want to get deep on the topic, you always say that it's many layers to this. So then you force then you force me and I could say to have to go. Oh, now we got to go deep sea diving. <laughs> right, right, lot. <laughs> I yeah. feel like she put her scuba gear on and she go, okay, here I go. And then she just hold her breath and she jumps oh, in. The, the crabs uh, hang out at the ocean, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> am I being a crab in the bear? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm saying, when you say we got to go deep sea diving, I'm saying what I <laughs> That is too funny. So, like you say, you agree, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to say that term, too. It is many words to it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a deep subject. Um, I think our, or speaking about it, you know, we're speaking um, to it, you know, a little bit more general. I don't think we're going too deep or anything like that, because, of course, we want our um, listeners to, to really get a grasp, but I can see how we can go deep, but I mean, because again, in going deep, you're just really getting to the root of it. And it is, I mean, this is not something that's new. I mean, I would like, I would like to know, I wonder how long does the, um, the term go back, you know, again, I was just talking about, I wonder when I first heard it, but I really wonder when that language was first spoken. Does anybody know? I can try to look it up right quick. The analytical uh, one? You, uh, I, I don't, right. Oh, yeah, the analytical one? Yeah, you, you know? look it up because I didn't research the or, origin um, of crabs in the barrel. The one with challenges? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, again, I was thinking. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, and then the, the other question would be, um, is that a term that's only used in our community? It is not. That I can tell you for sure. 
Okay. <laughs> so the, 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 the phrase was not coined for the African-American community per se. I think that is just something that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just something that when you see it, you, you name it. So there's nothing new under the sun. The, when you, when you, and actually, if you ever look up crab in the barrel and you look up the history of the crabs in the barrel, which I don't remember everything that I have read. However, when you, when you look up the definition, it describes a group of like situated people who then do that to each other. So it's not synonymous just with black people, it's, it's <laughs> synonymous with a group of people who are similarly situated and like-minded. And oftentimes it has been used to describe people in impoverished areas. So now that's just going off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to say that that term, that that term has probably been in existence for, I would say probably centuries to be perfectly honest with you, because we have to think about how long have people been eating crabs and throwing them in barrels to even be able to observe the nature. <laughs> <laughs> of the crab in the barrel. And so that's not new under the sun. So who would think that somehow someone just in the last 50 years invented something that's been going on for God knows how long. So I would, I would take an educated guess and say that it's probably century old or more uh, phrase, to be perfectly honest with you. Let's think about this too. If we talk about whether you believe Willie Lynch or not, what we know for sure is that during that time that they pitted us against one another. So where did you get the idea to pit people against one another? So that means that you would have obviously had a clue that if I do A, B, C, and D, E, F, and G is going to happen, right? So how did they know that if we put them together and then we make them see differences in one another and then we praise one thing and put one thing down and see how they respond, where did you get that from? That's like a scientific hypothesis. So come on now. So, you know, so when you have put this much energy into destroying a people, You've observed things. You've had to observe things in nature. If you didn't see me as a human being anyway, then why would you not then try to do something to me based on how an animal acts or responds? Because you think you thought of me as an animal anyway. But if you think about an uncivilized person, is more that's pretty much what an uncivilized person is is an animal. You ain't that you're not that much higher than an animal if you're uncivilized. And as a people, we've been uncivilized due to being conquered in white supremacy. We've been made to be other than ourselves. Yeah. Well, but they said we were uncivilized then. So well, you, well, you that, that, they, so they call themselves civilizing us <laughs> because we were uncivilized. Isn't so, right. So you, <laughs> so when the you- Uncivilized, when you, civilized, the civilized, right. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> That's, that's essential. <laughs> right. So people who came out some caves go civilize us. But okay. I'm, that, I'm I mean, well, when you refer so to people as savages, when you refer to people as having no soul, not knowing God, 
all of these things. These are things that are written in books that you can read. Yes. There's a book called The Making of a Slave. So now we, we don't even have yes. to go to Willie Lynch. You're right. I have the book. <laughs> Teach. Okay. There's the book. They would how to make a how to make the Negro a Christian. They break us like a horse. They use the same process. Yeah. I mean, they use that terminology. Yeah. So again, so I so I guess that that's where I'm going with that. Without me like physically trying to look up the or Google when was the term crab in the barrel created. I think that they created it in the way that they tried to indoctrinate us from the beginning by making you, as we keep saying, other than yourself. Because, and let me go back to this. Like I say, when you were making the point about us being packed in the slave ship mm-hmm. and how that, that was a tight space, that was a barrel in, in, in essence. But just think about when we were packed in there though, we weren't trying to climb over each other to get out. We were still united then. Was killing (laughs) our captors or killing ourselves because we knew that death was better than where we were going. You get deep. Now, you know the difference between those who were brought over here because they had knowledge of self, then us now who were robbed of knowledge of self. So I think that's the gap right there. Like yeah, you said, I mean, their you, knowledge of self is with their knowledge with the knowledge of self is saying I would rather take death before I submit to a devil in comparison to us, our people right now who have lost knowledge of self, it's easy to us to compete with one another and, and cram over each other because right. no unity, no lack of love, no knowledge of self. Well yeah. the the knowledge of self was beating the hell out of us, but Well when you separate children, that's what happens. Because remember, they got the youth. They didn't get the older older slaves. I mean, our older people, they got the youth because you could break a young person because they ain't setting their weights yet. But when they start selling us off, you can't really pass down your history when everybody around you from a different tribe. Y'all don't even speak the same language. So, I mean, it's, oh, it, it was a process to for us to get to this point. Yeah, and I agree. Um, and back to what you, to your point, Akilah, um, you're absolutely right. We were not um, trying to pull or get past one another. And I think that's what I somewhat alluded to when I was mentioning that being in the barrel in a tight space because of the fact that we have um, the fear and we're so busy thinking about what it is that or where we're trying to do and how someone is blocking us, then it forces us to want to. Um, really step on anything around us. But if we understood, we actually could take our condition and use it as a way. If the crabs begin to um, crawl on top of one another and one throws the other one out the barrel, you know, then now that is the, the unity that we actually have. And we're able to use the resources that really are recreated right within you know, this so-called barrel that we, we're in or that we're forced to be in. But the thing about it, we're not really forced to be in it. You know, it's like when people create ceilings for themselves. We create a ceiling for ourselves because of the limiting beliefs that we actually have. And because we don't believe we can have more, then we limit ourselves to 
feeling that there's, we, you know, we can't go any further than this. And I think after a while, being in a condition for so long, then you begin to accept the surroundings. So this is what causes a person to, or a thing or a group to be able to feel like I now have to compete. So you lack now even the creativity and then you lose the spiritual connection that would have brought you together to use the creativity um, or really the natural instinct to come together and build so that everybody can be free opposed to looking at it like it was something competitive. No, we're all here together. Let's figure out a way to, you know, exit us opposed to we're all here together. Let me try to beat you down or let me try to get you off of me. Kayla, you smiling, so I know you got something to say. The image that came to my mind when <laughs> you were talking, Lakishai, what is for, as far as conditioning, I think everybody has probably seen the example of the elephant in the circus and how they would tie the elephant to a tree with a with a uh, some type of maybe a chain mm -hmm. where it couldn't move and it couldn't break free. Mm -hmm. And after so long, they could remove the train chain and just put a piece of string on the elephant's leg and the elephant still wouldn't move. Absolutely. Because you've conditioned that elephant. And so that mindset is that I can't break free, mm -hmm. even though there's nothing holding that elephant. You got mm -hmm. the, the a, a, a animal that big, can't no string hold it, but it got in the elephant's mind. And right. so it's like when you are saying how we pass stuff down from generation to generation. So you, you put, created these limiting beliefs in your children. Mm -hmm. We have the mentality also that we're supposed to compete. We, we pass down competitiveness to our children. We make them think that you have to do this even to the point that sometimes winning to us at any cost. Mm. So if I have to win at any cost, that means that I'm willing to sabotage the other person. Let's look at the, the so-called dominant society. Think back to the Olympics. What was her name? When Tanya Harding had that person take that thing and hit, what's her name? Nancy mm. Kerrigan in yeah, the knee. Kerrigan. Yeah. That's a definite crab in the barrel mentality. Definitely. Mm -mm. So we know it's That's not synonymous. That's a beast in the barrel. <laughs> Say what? That's a beast in the barrel mentality. Well, yeah. <laughs> the devil is in the details. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a society that has created a certain mentality because that's their, that's their way of thinking too. They were like that anyway. Many of them. That's true. Well, think of you in the caves and it's cold and, and, and the resources are scarce because you're in a cold climate. In order to survive, you have to be competitive. So for uh, uh, a people whose origin came from that environment, then for them, that, that's necessary to survive. But that's not true for the black man or woman. But we do, but we, but we mimic. The, we, we mimic what we see, basically. And so we have brought into many of the values of other people. 
But in buying into those values, it's created a dynamic in us. But again, we also want that approval. So if we go back to, and you know, I don't like to use the whole house slave, field slave <laughs> analogy, because a lot of times we do that and we like to call people house slaves. And I have told people before that they were house slaves who crushed up glass and put it in a slave master's food. And there were field slaves <laughs> told the slave master that people were about to run off. So a slave is a slave is a slave. However, what they did was they made the field slave to believe that the house slave somehow had it better. Mm, and so because you think that they have something on you, then you hate them. But the only thing they had over you is that they were sitting next to your slave master. So our mentality is still such that we think that if somebody else is going to get something, it seems to me, that puts us in position to be next to white people, that Teach. we have a seat at their table that you don't, Teach. Then, then you're upset. Teach. So are we still stuck on still trying to impress your former slave master? Mm -mm. or being getting attaboys from them is the same thing that I already said before. So some of it is, and again, so that just, to me, that just goes back to that conditioning. Who is it that you need to impress? And what is it that you think somebody's going to get that you're not getting that makes you to feel like you need to try to pull them down? What is it that they're getting that you feel like you're not getting? They get the Mary. <laughs> they daughters, maybe that's what they thinking or their friends. <laughs> that was a joke. I'm sorry, but you're right. It's it's we want to be accepted. We want to be allowed into the family of our former slave master and be accepted as a family member. Just ludicrous Right. So you mad at the ones who who appear to be, even though that may not even be their motivation. How many times have you heard you go to get an education and they want to tell you sound white? teach <laughs> what does that mean what does that mean and you mad what? so we that's why that again when we start talking about the layers it's like why are you like this what is it that you think that you're not getting that somebody else is getting what's the prize hmm. or that other part of it is, is that you've been conditioned to believe that you ain't shit. And so therefore, if I ain't shit, you looking at the other person, like you can't be shit either because I ain't shit. <laughs> and so now when you show that you are the shit, listen to me with my, <laughs> now I'm mad. Because now you're dispelling the myth that we can't achieve. So now I got, I mean, so it's just, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset that has to be changed in our community, period. Period. And, you know, how do we do it? How do we change our thinking? How do we get out of that com competition with one another? Because I'll get mad at you for something that I'll celebrate in somebody else. How do we do it? <clears throat> we got to stop looking to our former slave master for acceptance. 
that's what we got to stop doing. We got to stop trying to be accepted by him and being brought in as part of the family. We're supposed to be trying to be accepted by God. This is the person that's giving us unlimited resources. But yet we're trying to be accepted by somebody who's telling you resources are scarce. I, we also have to call one ahead, another. On the table. You said I said we also have to call one another on the table when we do see um, the mentality being played out. Um, I was going to use the word unjustly, but that wouldn't be appropriate as it, as it's all unjust. But when we when we see this type of behavior and practice, and, and I mean, we can see it even in, in schools, oftentimes, you know, the school system, starting with preschoolers. You know, yeah. I've um, served as an education consultant where I would go in in schools and help teachers to figure out ways to manage the classroom. But it often starts right there. And you see the same behaviors and you're like, these are little people. Where yeah. would they even know how to do these things? Well, they've been growing up in an environment where this is the norm. And so I guess so when we see it um, manifested in this way, if we're in a position to, whether it's a position of leadership or not, to be able to call it out and to say, you know what, is there a reason that you decide to do this? You know, whatever, however that might look, you know. Um, so that's another way. That's, that's excellent. Um, you're right. We have to start calling it for what it is. We have to shun these type of behaviors. And when we start holding our, each other accountable, our people accountable, and bring it, bring it to light. I think so much of what we do is subconscious. But once we bring it to light, we're able to correct it. And often, I think many of us do it not intentionally. It's just something like we talked about earlier, conditioned to do these things. We probably say things that are that fit that profile and don't even realize we said it. So we have to call each other out, not out of being spiteful or mean, but out of love and say, oh no, sister, you sounding like, you you sounding conditioned. We, can't, we gotta think outside the box. That's what we have to do. I mean, you all get on me all the time about, no, we, we gonna use positive affirmations. <laughs> don't you all tell the truth, you all tell me. I'll start using some negative language and you all will say no, positive affirmations. So accountability, I agree with you, is, is one of the biggest ways that we can break this mentality. We're too conditioned for failure. Right. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, we identify a crab in a barrel as a mindset, because, of course, it's mm -hmm. not literal. Right. It's a mindset, and we're competing for resources. Well, we're repeating, we're competing for resources that's not limited to us because we're the original people and this is our planet. It's limited mm -hmm. to those who are here on a limited time frame. We're here, we're going, we came with the earth and we're going to be here long after everyone else is gone. So once we come into that realization that what we need from the earth will always be there, we'll stop competing with one another. And this, disperse the myth of, Oh, it's limited men on the planet. It's limited this, it's limited that. We need to get out of that mindset. Right. And I think in addition to um, what you're saying about the mindset, a part of that is feeling as if you're worthy. Because oftentimes when we find this, where we find this mentality, it's usually um, at the root of it is a person not feeling as if they're deserving of anything. 
But because I don't feel that I'm deserving of the gifts, the fruit of the earth, you know, we talk about the earth being abundant and the resources that are present. Well, because we don't feel like we deserve it, um, then it cramps our mind. You know, it locks our mind up like a crab's hand and it prevents us from even elevating our thinking to, so therefore, this is why I don't want for you, dear sister, or my dear brother, this is why I don't want for you, because I don't want anything for myself. Because my mindset tells me that I'm not deserving of anything more than what I currently have. You know, you have a lot of people in the name of religion who will, who have that same mentality. They think that they're supposed to be downtrodden. They believe that they're supposed to be poor um, because that's what it's all about. It's about the suffering, you know? I don't need anything more. I'm good with the little that I have. And so, again, because we know that it's a mindset, it prevents any type of elevation. So anytime we see anybody doing anything outside of what we consider to be the norm, or we consider that to be too much, then immediately we go to grab. Like, you know, what are you doing? You know, you see parents doing it to their children all the time, preventing their children from wanting more. Mm. Um, saying, well, no, you got enough. What do you, you know, or you hear people say, well, I'm good with what I have. Or I'm, it seems one thing to be grateful, um, having gratitude and just being thankful for what you have. But it's another thing for just wanting to remain in poverty. I see this a lot. Um, in impoverished neighborhoods, I see it a lot. But again, it's a mindset. Like, you know, I'm good with only going from 55th Street to maybe 22nd and can't go past 100, can't go past downtown because we've been given dividers. You don't go on that side of the street. You don't, don't go past the tracks. But those are things that were kind of put in us back during a time where we were living under segregation. So we only could go, we couldn't go past these four walls, you know, mm. the same way with religion and some religions where, you know, everything is within a four wall radius. So therefore your thinking is limited. Mm. You can't even be accepting or understanding of somebody who has a difference from you. Your religion may not be the same. And so therefore, because of that, I automatically shut you off. Anything else you say past this point, I'm closing my ears. I'm plugging my ears. All of that is scarcity because if you were really that um, strong in your belief, then you would not have any fear that would prevent you from being able to have a conversation or to listen to someone else and their beliefs. But mm -hmm. scarcity thought prevents us from being able to think outside the box. You know, I, I love listening to um, Lauren Hill and because of her um, unplugged album, I remember years ago, because everybody never, everybody did not understand that album. Um, many people criticized her strongly for it. You know, they thought she was crazy. I remember back in the day, I, was, I asked my mother to um, burn it on a CD for me. And my mother said that was the most pathetic piece of crap that I ever <laughs> listened to. I was horrible. Um, <laughs> But in, in that album, which I love, and to this day, I, I you know, I pledge, I said, hey, if, if, if Lauren, because of that album, if she ever found herself in a situation and she needed my help, 
I would drive near and far. I would hop on trains and buses just to go and help my sister because of that album. But in that album, she had a song called I'll Get Out of All These Boxes. And she was talking about the various boxes that we've been put in, you know, by government, by friends, by religion. We've all been boxed out, boxed up. And our boxed mentality prevents us from even having any independent thought. So really, when you think about the crab uh, mentality, completely lacks independent thought. Because again, the thought has been given to you. It has been planted in you. This is how you're going to think. And so you don't have the capacity to think outside of the box. You don't have the capacity to get outside of the barrel. So when you see somebody who wants to be free, you're like, oh, what you doing? What you doing? Where you going? You know, Nas, niggas, come on back. Nah, <laughs> you know, yeah, come on back here. Think like me. I mean, so it's unfortunate, but we all know that there's a solution. And I believe we've given, you know, most of those solutions. You're right. I want to challenge uh, our listeners. It's the part where, you know, I like to do the challenge. Uh, one of the first challenges I have is we need to check our mentality. We really need to look at why we think the way we think and who put those thoughts in our head. I have this saying that I always like to say is people don't have an original thought. We have to figure out where these thoughts that are in our head come from and check them. Let's challenge ourselves. The next challenge we need to do is change the mindset of resources being scarce. It's not. The earth, the resources come from the earth. This is our earth and we have everything on this earth that we need. Change your mindset and stop thinking like your slave, your former slave master. Resources for the original man and woman are not scarce. Think outside the box. We cannot continue thinking the same way we have thought for over 400 years, knowing it's not going to get us anywhere. Anywhere. We have to think outside the box. And lastly, change your mindset that you're not deserving of better. We are deserving of better. Any last thoughts, sisters, before we close out? Yeah, I wanted to go back to a question Lakashay posed about when that term uh, got used. And I, I mentioned, I said, at least a century. And uh-huh. these things um, that go back where it's written in books as early as the 1900s. So, been around a long time. In fact, uh, there is a book reprinted from a thing from mm, Woman After the War, a review reprinted in Feminism and Periodical Press, 1900 to 1918, where the person said they will compete and struggle with each other and with men like crabs in a bucket doing each other much harm. That's one instance. There's also links to Marcus Garvey. That it was cited by Marcus Garvey involving the term crabs in the barrel in the Negro's greatest enemy in current history, September 1923. So, et cetera, et cetera. Those are just some of the things that I found when looking up the etymology of that term. I would imagine that if they came up and they talked about that term in that time period, that it was probably something that they heard prior to that as well. Mm. Thank you for that. That was that was awesome. 
Any last reflections, Rakeshe? Remove the shackles from our minds so that we can be free. Short but heavy. I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in in today's topic of Crabs in the Barrel. We look forward to seeing you next week with Conversations. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Impress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Impress is a subsidiary of the Royal Impress organization. All rights reserved.